Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Tales. Thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, I said after Phase 2 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe finished that we would discuss how how the Marvel Cinematic Universe looks up to this point. Um, so Ant-Man finished out, we discussed that last week, Ant-Man finished out Marvel Phase 2 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which was begun in 2008. Um, so just to recap, what's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? It would include uh, all three Iron Mans, the two Thors, the two Captain Americas, the Incredible Hulk, but not the Hulk from Ang Lee, uh, both Avengers movies, Ant-Man, uh, and Guardians of the Galaxy. So that would incorporate what we've seen so far in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And to this point, I can honestly say I feel like it's a mixed bag. Um, there was a lot of hope when this all was announced, and there was a big run-up to the first Avengers movie in 2012. So I will say the first Iron Man... Pretty good. If only because you got to see Iron Man t- portrayed on the on the screen and you got to see the gadgetry that you really couldn't have gotten 10 years earlier, 5 years earlier even. Uh, so it, it was nice to see that. The Incredible Hulk, Edward Norton did an, an okay job. I didn't love the story per se. I think it was a little, I don't know. It, it, was, it was a Hulk story, but I think what we're finding is the Hulk story without interaction with other characters isn't really much of a story to, that you want to see on the on a movie. So we'll give we'll give the Incredible Hulk a, a C. I'll give the first Iron Man I'll say a B plus. It wasn't awesome, but it was nice to see. Uh, we get into the second Iron Man before we got anything else. And that I didn't love that. It was it was over the top. I didn't love the the villain, it was weak. Uh, so I'm going to give that a C as well. We get in the first Thor movie. Mm. I've heard other people say this. The love story for Thor and Jane Foster was contrived and weak. And and all the things that he should have been upset about when Loki's beating him only only got worse once once he Loki threatened Jane Foster. Not something you would say, oh, wow. But you know the back history of, of Thor, you know he has this affinity for Jane Foster and this um, love for her that you're, I guess, supposed to project onto this movie, which hasn't shown you that. Uh, it's shown you, hey, I like you. I think you're nice, but eh, nothing nothing huge here. So a little weak in, in how it was portrayed. Uh, we went to the first Captain America movie. I like this one. I like this one a lot. Um, the origin isn't 100% accurate, but I, I like the movie, and I think that's important to uh, for the canon here. It's They call him the first Avenger. It's a little retconning, as we've talked about in the past, but it, it's still, it was still a good movie. I wish they could have used the Nazis versus Hydra, uh, but I understand the rationale for why they didn't, because they wanted to market this in Europe where Nazi symbolology would not be allowed so they had to remove that and make everything Hydra, 
Um, it was implied that they were Germans, but they weren't Germans as far as the movie was concerned. So I liked that. Uh, I liked the portrayal of the Red Skull. I thought that was a good, perfect, perfect villain for Captain America. Um, we get to the third Iron Man. No, I, too weird, too strange, too, too not what I wanted. I didn't like that the Mandarin didn't have his rings. I didn't like that he was just some terrorist trying to blow things up. I didn't love it. I, I. It left me weak, and I was, I was upset when I left because it, I didn't feel like I got my money's worth from that one. Thor: The Dark World, eh, again, it was okay. I mean, I'm sorry. So, Captain America: First Avenger, I'd give that an A. Um, Iron Man three, C plus. Uh, now we're on to Thor: The Dark World, the second Thor movie. I would say that was better than the first one, which I think I believe it gave a C, but I would give this maybe a C plus. Still not an awesome story. It, it just a lot of jumping around. It didn't it didn't make a whole lot of sense to the casual fans. So you had to know some of the backstory, which it, I think Marvel's trying to make these for the majority of fans or, or of, of patrons, not just the comic book geeks who know the backstory. They want to give an homage to that, but they don't want to they don't want to limit it to that because you're not going to make enough money if you just limit it to the comic book geeks. Uh, so, Thor: The Dark World. C plus B minus, not nothing awesome or shattering. Uh, get to the first Avengers. I would give that an A. I really liked how it came together. I liked how they squabbled. I liked how you finally brought all the pieces together with Shield, with this these these characters who hadn't interacted on screen before, and how it all came together. I really liked it. I thought it was a good movie. Um, nothing comic. It wasn't necessarily comic accurate. But that was okay because it was an interesting, exciting movie. And I was so excited to see that movie. So when I came out, I felt like I had seen a very good movie. I liked it a lot. I uh, saw it multiple times in the theater. So I give that one an A. We go into um, – I'm sorry. Comic, Iron Man 3 was after Avengers, the first Avengers. I still give it a <laughs> still give it a C plus at best. Uh, B minus if you really want to push it uh, because it was post-traumatic stress disorder. That was kind of interesting. Um, the second – Captain America, The Winter Soldier. I like that one again. I like that very much. Uh, I think the the dismantling of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Hydra influence, just the action and the the man out of time trying to come to grips with everything. I, I really like that movie. I think it was – it got me excited again for the Marvel Universe. The Avengers, the first Avengers had really got me excited. And The Winter Soldier got me excited again. Whereas Thor The Dark World kind of lost – tapered off from uh, The Avengers – movie um so i'm i'm kind of jumping around a little bit but i the two the two captain americas i think are a's the first avengers movie and a we get to Gal- guardians of the galaxy i like that one very much too give it a b plus a minus uh somewhere in that range because i think there was there wasn't a lot known about the characters and it's not it was a reimagination of of uh, guardians of the galaxy that came about later in the late 20th century early 21st century so it was wasn't what I grew up knowing, but it was still good and it was still interesting. And th- there was some humor that came through, and I really enjoyed that. Chris Pratt, I think, did a wonderful job of Star Lord, and I really enjoyed how that all came together. Um, the misfit outsiders, I, I kind of, I can be drawn to that. Um, the last, the, the Avengers movie that just came out, Age of Ultron, B minus at best for me. It was. I've said this before, the character development for Ultron was weak at 
at best. It was it was not a full fully developed evil character. The motivation for the evil was non existent. It was more about having action. It felt like a <laughs> felt like a Michael Bay movie to me. Lots of action and very little uh, story arc. Very little um, involvement for the the viewer. So I, I would give that a B minus at, at its very best, and I'm being generous because I love the Avengers. Uh, Ant Man. We didn't give it a grade last week when we talked about it, when Heather and I talked about it. But I think for me, Ant Man was a surprise, similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. Not something I expected, not something I was necessarily looking forward to, but I liked Ant Man, and I would give that a, a, a solid B. Nothing amazing, it's still Ant Man. At the end of the day, it's still Ant Man. It's not a character that on paper looks like you should care about him. His power is, he shrinks down to the size of an ant, but still has the strength of a man, of a normal man. So he's not, he's not power. It's just changing size, which is still cool, but he doesn't gain any additional powers. And it's all artificial. Um, whereas, you know, with Iron Man, artificial powers, but they're cool powers. You know, he can fly, he can do all this stuff. Ant-Man, little, little weaker on the power scale and just not as interesting because of it, the character of Scott Lang is more interesting uh, than the Ant-Man persona uh, that comes about. So, B for that. So we've come to the whole. That's all of them. Now, if you're asking why not the X-Men movies, why not the Wolverine Origins, or just the Wolverine movie, why not the Fantastic Four, why not the Daredevil, why not the first Hulk? Those were the the Fantastic Four and X Men are Fox properties. So Marvel Cinematic Universe has no control over those. The Amazing Spider Man, the originals, or the Spider Man with Tobey Maguire and the uh, Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider Man one and two, also part of Sony. So not a connection to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So what you when I say that I mean characters interact in the same space. You won't see the X-Men in the Marvel Cinematic Movies because they don't have Marvel doesn't have the licensing rights. They sold them off in the past to try to make some money. Same with um, Fantastic Four, which is odd because they were considered the first family of Marvel, and they're not even at Marvel. Um, very weird. Uh, Spider-Man, because of the joint agreement with Sony and Disney, which owns Marvel, uh, they are now actually going to have Spider-Man in the Civil War movie. Uh, Captain America Civil War and going forward into Infinity Gauntlet and there's going to be a reboot of the um, Spider-Man. I don't know what it's going to be called yet. We haven't determined that. Uh, they did they did uh, cast an unknown to be the, the character, but we'll see how that turns out and we don't know what the villain story, nothing. So we're going to have to wait to see on all that. So those will not be part of this because they aren't part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's very confusing to the new fan, the casual fan who says, well, they're Marvel characters. I'm confused. What's going on? License agreements, they are not part of this, so you won't see them referenced. If you saw the Age of Ultron movie, you saw Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, and they were not called mutants because the term mutant is owned by Fox for the X-Men. So anything tacitly related to that goes to Fox. The only reason they could include them in the Avengers movie is because Quicksilver and, and Scarlet Witch were never X-Men. They were always Avengers or Brotherhood of Evil Mutants with Magneto. So that's why you saw them. Uh, you saw Quicksilver actually portrayed in two different movies, Days of Future Past and uh, Age of Ultron, two different ways, two different characters, different people. Um, just interesting, something to be aware of. So it's uh, so when we look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as we've described it, the three Iron Man movies, 
the two Thor movies, the two Captain America movies, the two Avengers movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Ant-Man. What do I give them as an overall grade? Not what I want them to be, not what they could be, what they actually are. And I think if you look at as advancing the story from Iron Man, well, Incredible Hulk, in there, sorry, you advance it from Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk in 2008, and you advance it forward, the story has advanced and progressed. It stumbled a little bit recently with Age of Ultron. It stumbled a little bit with Thor because it's just not as interesting as we'd like it to be. But I think Iron Man has moved the story forward. I think Captain America has moved the story forward. I think the Avengers have moved the story forward. So if that's the ultimate goal is to get from point A to point B to set this up for Infinity War 1 and 2, then I think I would give that progression an A. Each piece isn't an A, but it's the, it's the sum of the parts makes a stronger, better movie experience. There's 27 hours of Marvel Cinematic Universe to this point. And those 27 hours, over the course of those 27 hours, you definitely know more about the characters, you care more about them, you care more about their struggles, and you care more about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So in that respect, it's an A. And I know not all the movies got A's. Only a couple of them did. And that's okay. But it, 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 I think they cast Robert Downey Jr. excellently for, for Iron Man. Uh, Tony Stark, excellent casting on that. Um, Chris Evans as Captain America, it's hard to separate him from his uh, Human Torch in Fantastic Four from Fox. But I, I've learned to accept that in the four times I've seen him now on screen. Uh, I think Scott Lang, cast by Paul Rudd. Excellent choice there, and, and Hank Pym uh, from Michael Douglas, also an excellent choice. Um, Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow, yep. Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye, I, I can see that. I can see that. It's not as wisecracking as the comic book version of Hawkeye, but, you know, he's there, and I think he does a good job, competent job in that. Uh, the Hulk, I really like the uh, current Hulk um, and Mark Ruffalo. Didn't dislike... Uh, Eric Bana and um, the other um, Edward Norton. I didn't didn't love him, didn't hate him. Um, so I think they've done a pretty decent job. I, I think Samuel Jackson does a great job as as uh, as the leader of Shield in Nick Fury or what remains of Shield at this point. Uh, I think he does a wonderful job in that role. And I, I, if you'd have asked me that prior to Iron Man, I don't know if I'd have said, yeah, that's, that's the right person, but I think he's taken on the role, and I think he's made it his own. And I'm, I'm very accepting of him in that role. I, I, I get that. So I think they've done a very good job, for the most part, of casting. Uh, they've gotten their feet under them, and they've got the casting down right. And it makes a big difference when you're doing this movie. You can't imagine somebody else's Iron Man. Now, you're going to have to if they ever continue, because Robert Downey Jr. is not going to do this forever. Um, so you're, you're not going to see him indefinitely. You're not going to see Chris Evans indefinitely. So there's other gonna, people going to take over that role, and it, it's going to be how great is it if there's another person in that role? Can they bring the same focus to that? And can you see another person in those roles? And that's going to be a testament to how well the story is crafted. Because in a comic book, you get different artists drawing characters differently. And some are jarring, but eventually accepted. Some are jarring and never accepted. So it's going to be interesting when we start. We're out of phase two. There's a little bit left for these in phase three for some of these characters. But it's not going to be go beyond that. So what, what does Marvel have planned for uh, Phase 4? 
or another phase of whatever. We don't know, and that's that's exciting to think what could happen. There's there's 50 plus years of characters here, so it makes sense that they could do more. You're seeing some of that on Netflix with Daredevil, uh, Jessica Jones, um, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and hopefully the Defenders at some point in the future. So it all looks like there's there's a method to the madness. Age of uh, Agents of Shield, uh, Agent Pe- Peggy Carter, Agent Carter on TV. There's a lot of stuff there, and I like that. It's a very good thing. We'll wait to see. So for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I give it an A because they did it. They did the work. They put the characters out there. Whether you liked how they did it or didn't like how they did it, and I didn't always like how they did it, they still did it. And therefore, to me, that's worth something. You made the effort. You gave us an opportunity to see our heroes portrayed on the silver screen when for forever – uh, Marvel couldn't get their act together, couldn't get anything put on TV or on in the movies. And, you know, the X-Men kind of broke that open with Fox, Fantastic Four to a lesser extent, Spider-Man definitely. And we now got the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm, I, for one, am very thankful that that happened. None of them are perfect. None of these movies are perfect. But you make, con- make concessions and you make compromises to make these things happen. And, and they did the same thing here. So I, I, I give it an A. I look forward to Phase 3. And bring it all together. Third act, you know, I'm not always a huge fan of the second act in most cases, but I'm a huge fan of the third act. The first one sets up the problem, the second one causes issues, and third one resolves it. So let's see how the third act resolves these issues. And it should be an interesting wild ride. Check back in next time, and we'll talk about a new topic. Thank you. Uh, check us out on iTunes. Rate us. Give us uh, your opinions. Uh, check out HannahTreeProductions.com, H-A-N-N-A-H. Uh, to check out our other podcasts and you know, just give us your feedback. We, we ask that you tell another friend about our podcast and hopefully they like it or they at least give us some feedback so we can improve if there's something uh, that enough people feel is uh, lacking or could be changed. All right? That's great. Thank you for joining me. I hope to talk to you again soon. I'm Chad. Good night. <laughs>